Well, well, a few weeks ago, Steve Adelsberg was with us live via telephone. We got into this, this whole discussion about baseball. I said to him that soon I want him to come in and literally talk about some of these topics live, face-to-face, in a real conversation. All right, we're not at that stage yet, but but when I discovered <laughs> when I discovered that Major League Baseball's opening day is today, I said, you know what? This is a good day to have a follow-up conversation for those of us who love Jewish-slash-baseball uh, conversations. I never expected opening day to be during the nine days, frankly. Uh, that, that is unprecedented. Steve Adelsberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. And a good morning, Malcolm. I tried to get you lazy, but I just couldn't get it to fly. You weren't wearing a mask. You got to have a mask. You could, be in the next, you could be in the next planet, but you got to have a mask. So I asked you to buy me Levy and Shul this morning virtually, and you're not saying that the problem was that I was many miles away from your Davide. You're saying the problem was I wasn't prepared properly in terms of COVID. That's what you're saying. I'm in, I'm in Congregation Sherry Tower at 98 West End Avenue. Come on down. But, but, today, but today we go up to Sackett Lake. Who but, got you know, Levy? Steve, who got Levy this morning? I'd like to know. Rabbi Pluchuk. Rabbi wow. Pluchuk. All right. I, I, <laughs> he was I, a I, Bimcom Cohen, but he was a lady. I can't argue with that. I mean, come on. <laughs> who, who, anyway, get, who gets Levy up at Sackett Lake? Who's who, who's the who's, who's the Levy up at Sackett Lake? <laughs> all I know is, when, well, you have Rabbi Prague also a lady. It seems to hang out with William Hall Levy. Yeah. You are so in. You're in like, you're so in. It's no, amazing. So in. You, really, you really hang out with a prominent list of Levium. Steve Adelsberg and I have a big announcement. For the first time in history, opening day is during the nine days. Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve. Well, we always say Terry Cashman. Nothing, you remember, Terry Cashman wrote that great, yeah. that great song about Willie baseball. Willie Mickey and the Duke, yeah. And, like, you know, talking baseball. And yeah. he used to say, it's opening day, and I could be a boy once more. That is for sure. And tonight, tonight, uh, in two games that are taking place at 7 p.m. Eastern time and 10 p.m. Eastern time, Three New York teams are playing. Out of four teams tonight, three New York teams are playing. You have the Yankees from the Bronx against Washington. That'll be in Washington. And then you have the Giants from the Polo Grounds visiting Ebbets Field to play the Dodgers in Brooklyn. You have three boroughs playing tonight, Steve. Well, you got to know one thing. And your fourth team, the Washington Nationals, Yeah, there's a, there's a great story about them, Yeah, which you don't know. I'm going to tell you in the... Okay, I'm with Mayor Goldberg, Rob Mayor Goldberg, and we're yeah. going down to the University of Maryland for Shabbos to give it his shiur. Right. My job, as you know, is to carry the bags. Right. I carry right. the bags and give out, give out to the, the chorus. Yeah. Very good. Everything's good. And Rob Goldberg says to me, I have to go meet a cousin in Washington. Can we stop off there? I go, sure. I can, you know, we stop off. No problem. Who's your cousin? Uh, I don't know what he does. He has something to do with the Washington Nationals. What's no his way. name? Ted Lerner. Ho, 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 ho. He doesn't have something to do with the Washington Nationals. He's the owner. I was just going to say, he's the owner yeah. of the Nationals. He, he, I say, Rav Goldberg, how do you know the owner of the Washington Nationals? And why am I first finding this out now? He says, I have to tell you, I have a great uncle in Yerushalayim. He told me that we have a cousin in what you're caught in Washington, and it's my job to find out who he is, what he is, what's he up to, and get him back to know that he's, he's from a Yushami family. Go, are you kidding me? This is the owner of the Washington Nationals. We have the meeting. His grandson and son come. We have a great time. We're talking, yada, yada. <laughs> he's the owner. And I'm saying, the mayor, 
he owns the team. He says to Rev Mayer, would you want to go to the game? He goes, love Shirley. <gasps> will I be sure my name is Shirley? Will I be sure Steve? <laughs> Why be sure, yeah, believe me, it's Bishville Steve. <laughs> they, when, when, when Ken Burner's son gets married, they bring in the Goldberg boys, Aviad and, Aviad and uh, ETL, and ETL's Masada Kedushin at the wedding. How long ago was this? How long ago was this? Two years ago. Unbelievable. And they have a Kesher. He had him. He, he had, they had the boys had him come. Berner's family come to Pesach in Yushalayim. They had Seder by them. Took him to the hotel, and the rest is history. I wish you would have told me this before they won the World Series. I would have been rooting for them during that World uh, hello, Series. Hello, hello. He goes. We were going. I said, Are "We going to the series?" Matarot said, "Yeah, no problem." <laughs> Meanwhile, the biggest thing is that so Aviad Goldvich goes with his sister Ellie Moore from California, and they go to a Washington National game. He sit in the owner's box. Now, he's been an owner for quite a number of years. The first thing happens that never happened before, a baseball hits into the owner's box, ah! and it goes right to Aviat Goldfield, and he catches the baseball. <laughs> True story. You can't, you can't make this up. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, so we have um, opening day today, which is great. now one second. But you, but you sometimes do some crazy things and head to to obscure games. Were you at any of the national series games? Were you at any of those? I didn't get, I didn't get to the games. Very I mean, the, one of the best games I ever went to, of course, we all remember, was '96 Yankees. Right. When we were the first two games in Yankee Stadium, the first two games in Yankee Stadium were, you know, uh, we they got lost. blown away. You, you were blown home. Away. You were home by nine o'clock that night. <laughs> It was, it was like Chip and Jones. They were having batting practice against right. us. I remember that. Comes, comes like you know, game three. Yeah, that was the game when when David Cohn got us back into the series. But if you remember, the, the pivotal game, the pivotal game four. Yeah, Andy Pettit, I right? It was, was, of course, Lawrence hitting the home run. Right. And it was down in Atlanta, and that was our road trip. And that and that that put the Yankees back who they were. Lairitz uh, actually tied the game with that home run. Exactly, and yeah. it was just a great series when when Pettit won. Pettit pitched a great game, and of course it was Game Six Saturday night where yeah. Wade Boggs decides to jump on the policeman's horse. Yeah, and he's um, running and around am, right field. And I am and I am that night emceeing an Amuna concert in New Jersey. As Girardi is tripling, and you know, I, I, we probably oh. had, we probably had a transistor radio backstage, and nobody nobody has phones that could actually see a game. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I find out how amazing the game was. Steve Adelsberg's with us tonight is opening day. Listen, what do you think without fans, Ebbets Field's going to be like tonight in Brooklyn? You think uh, you think neighbors in the East Flatbush area will still be able to hear the crack of the bat? Uh, you know what do you think? Well, I gotta tell you, it's, it's not what it used to be then, Lakewood. But then again, it came back. You got Empire and Belmont. You got the Jackie Robinson apartment there. You got character there. But do you I think? Pe- believe. Do you think people? Would, do you think people actually think that I don't realize that both of those teams moved out about sixty years ago? Do you think that that's what's happening here? Uh, and then at the Polo Grounds, which will be empty tonight because the Giants are visiting the Dodgers. Um, you know, Steve, uh, one of the things that they did with both of those stadiums was take them down relatively quickly after both teams left. You know, when you, when you think about it, though, they didn't stay as landmarks for, for a while. Although I'm wrong about the polo grounds, right? Because didn't the Mets play at the polo grounds the first couple of years? I remember in 62, the miracle, the, the marvelous Mets with marvelous Mark Thornberry playing in the polo grounds. I remember in 62, my father got me a bull off Jim Hickman's bat. And I'm and I'm sitting there. And the ball's coming. It's a foul ball. And I said, "This is coming right at us." And I'm going, "Hold it!" 
I'm eight years old. I can't catch. I can't catch. I duck under the seat. My father, Lopez Home, catches the ball. Jim Hickman's ball. You probably say, do you still have that ball? I would say, are you kidding me? I lost it down the sewer two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> but we had on the team. We had on this team. We had on this team. I got people coming over now. Come on, can you tell the people? Can you tell the people in the school that we're trying to have a conversation here, please? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) All I can say is that back in 62, that was when they won 40 games, won 20. Casey says, can anyone play this game here? You know, (laughs) it was was an unbelievable time. But the one thing that we don't have today, that we always had it every opening day, nothing. There's no matzah. Yeah, and, matzah. and again, this is one of those myths. Steve Adelsberg is convinced that every opening day in New York is during Cholamoid Pesach. I think it's I think it's one of those things where like three out of every fifteen are, but it feels like it's like that every year. <laughs> but yes, there there have been opening days that you've been to and that I've been to where they eat matzah. The exception this year, of course, Steve would be that if we were going tonight, we'd be bringing cheese blitzes along because <laughs> it's the nine days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, but it was like, you know, opening day, we're all in first place. Yeah. My message, I said, I'm not a Mets fan, I'm a Yankee fan, as you know. Yeah. But I do congratulate the Mets fans because they're still in first place and undefeated. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, listen, you gave me some research the other day. We got to do this quickly, but I want to try to go through some of this stuff. The people who really are baseball fans, I think we'll find some of this stuff intriguing. You just mentioned uh, uh, opening day of the Mets in 1962, and you said to me, that there was an original Met who was on the field in 1962 who went to the same high school as the greatest Jewish home run hitter of all time. So, if, so I will, in the Bronx. So I will right in the James Monroe High School. I think it was. So I James will Monroe High School. So I will my now. Went there, uh, my father went there. I will now. Right. I will now guess. I assume it's Ed Cranepool. Ed Cranepool is the guy, and the home run hitter, of course, is Hank Greenberg. Right, and the home run hitter was Hank Greenberg. Then I want to tell you something, and you did this last time, and you caused a real controversy. I don't think you realize how big a machlokas it is about this issue of whether Koufax was in shul on Yom Kippur in 65 or not. And, I, and again, I, I found the article, I found the Brian Murphy article, where he literally describes, um, where he literally describes the account uh, by Rabbi Bernie Raskis, who insists that he was in Temple Aaron that day, meaning Koufax was in Temple Aaron that day. And then, of course, he also quotes Jane Levy, who I always bring to your attention, who wrote the uh, biography of Koufax without Koufax's help. Remember, she wrote that without being able right. to, without being able to ask Koufax any questions. He refused to sit with her. But 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 I, I just checked literally today in the middle of his chakras. <laughs> I, I checked with Stanley Raskis, the nephew of Bernie Raskis. And he claims that Bernie always insisted Koufax was there. But I said to him, "Hold on, this but is I, Stanley Raskis from St. Louis." Yeah, Stanley's his nephew. So I called. Stanley, so I called. I, 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 that's a great fact. Yes, I, I, was, so I. Wait, Steve. Stanley wait, wait. Let me let me get to the point. Wait. So okay, I, so, I want so, to get to the so, point. It's your so, show. It's so your I, show. So I call Stanley this morning in the middle of Shacharis. And I say to him, just answer one question for me. Would you agree? Because obviously he's heard from Bernie all those years, and he's familiar with what the biographer says. Would you agree that it's at least a serious machlokas, a 50-50 serious machlokas about whether Koufax was in shul or whether he was in his hotel room? And he said yes. You have to at least acknowledge that, that Bernie insisted, but really 
you know, we, where he's not sure. He saw him in the back. Then Bernie started saying he was at a different service, but he knew he was in the building. It's a little unclear. And obviously, Levy, based on accounts of Koufax's teammates, insisted that he was in his hotel room the entire day. So at least, Steve, with all the myths that you sometimes tell us when it comes to Major League Baseball, at least acknowledge that it's a serious machlokas. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, Stanley Raskis was the swimming head of the swimming waterfront. I can't mess that out. Oh. He was the man. And, 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 I, and I wanted to play basketball and baseball and not go swimming. Wait, wait, so Steve. Wait, wait, Steve. I had a wait, wait, doctor's Steve. notes from the infirmary. We called it the Marpea. <laughs> So I didn't have to go to. I didn't have to go swimming. Wait, in Masad Aleph, in Masad Aleph, what they call a double play? Just remind me. Doosie Luke. It was a Doosie Luke. I love it. We had a hakta with a strike. We had a. We used to, we used to shout in Kolea. There's no pitcher. <laughs> we have a, a, a. We had. It was. It was a great time, and we had to play the game in Hebrew. We played the game in Britain. Was, and, we, and, and you ask anyone from Masad, anyone who went to Masad will give you a. And a Kadur Basis in Hebrew. Unbelievable. By the way. And every Israeli will look at you. Are you are you in this planet? Where did you get this from? Yeah, they wouldn't even have a clue what it is. By the way, a postscript to that story, because of the article I read, if Rabbi Feller, who I assume is from Chabad, who went to Kofax's room, you know, with the tefillin, that people know about that story where he actually made a presentation to him of tefillin and actually got into his <laughs> hotel room. So he said, it's amazing. Do you know how many people didn't work on Yom Kippur because you took off Yom Kippur? And Koufax apparently said to him, doesn't anybody realize I don't pitch on Rosh Hashanah either? Like, that was his, re- that was his response, which I thought was unbelievable. I didn't realize that he, that he said that. I thought it was a great quote. <laughs> you know, if you, if you remember from Jane Levy's book, Koufax claimed, and probably rightfully so, that Walter Alston never would call him by his name. Right. He would call, he would call him the lefty. Right. He just didn't want to look him in his face and... Uh, you know, it was it was the big mystery in 1965 when the Minnesota Twins were playing the Los Angeles Dodgers in Game Seven, and Koufax was you know it was Koufax or Trice that was going to pitch, and Koufax pitches on two days rest. Right. But the but he ne- also never announces the pitcher. Right. And he says he doesn't even say he wouldn't even say Koufax's name. He says we're going with the lefty. Then we'll bring in Ronnie Drysdale. If we need help, we'll take in Ron Peronowski. Remember Ron Peronowski? Sure do. Whose roommate was Dick Raddatz. Right. <laughs> You know, you know, you know what the signal was when they wanted Raditz in the bullpen, right? Well, <laughs> somebody would mean, the manager would put his hand all the way up in the air because he was like six foot eight, right? Wasn't yeah, Raditz like exactly, six foot eight? Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, that was true. He wanted the big and, guy. He wanted the big guy. But that when Kovac pitches, and he pitched a two nothing two hitter in Game Seven, and then uh, that was like you know, in '66, of course, was his last year. Right. He had a great year, but this, that was the World Series when they lost four straight to Baltimore. And um and every and was Arab Sukkis when uh when they played the World Series, Koufax played and Willie Davis had his three errors in one inning. Koufax had his game going, but he just lost all concentration and ended up losing ended up losing the game. And don't forget the famous Drysdale quote about game one of the sixty five oh, World Series. Well, probably probably the best quote in baseball when the first game in Minnesota when he when Olsen comes to the mound and and Drysdale is like you know he's a, he's he's getting he's getting whacked gets the seven runs and he looks at Olsen and says I guess you I guess you would want me to be Jewish huh? I, I guess you wish I was Jewish right Steve Adelsberg's with us tonight's opening day so we're doing a little baseball here all right very very late but we got to do these quickly because you did give me some research I thought I was right about this you said the shot heard around the world when Bobby Thompson won the pennant for the New York Giants. 
Uh, you said it was on a significant Jewish day. I, I thought you were, you know, uh, alluding to Rosh Hashanah. It was actually Tzom Gedalia that day. It was. It was. A, it was the day after Rosh Hashanah. I thought. It was, I thought it was Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, it was Tzom Gedalia. I, I, I looked it up. You, may, you, you know, you said before, like, oh, I'm going on nothing. This guy's Mr. You know, Mr. Facts. I right. got to look up the stuff, <laughs> make sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? You know what was on Rosh Hashanah. You know what? what <laughs> you know what game was on Rosh Hashanah? The Bucky Dent oh, game, game was on Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bucky Dent was, was the first day Rosh Hashanah. In, I, in fact, I'll never forget one of the reasons I was so angry about the Yankees losing the last game of the season and having to go to a playoff game was I said to myself, I can't believe this. We're going to miss the game because, you know, it's going to be Rosh Hashanah. That was the last Sunday of the season in 1978. Uh, you asked me about the Mo Berg quote. What was the reaction when the spy, Mo Berg, who was a catcher, of course, uh, revealed that he uh, spoke seven languages? I'm assuming you're going with the famous, uh, he could speak seven languages but can't hit in any of them, right? I guess that's You got it. That's yeah. a great quote. <laughs> it is a great quote. And you attributed that to his teammates who actually said that. Right, exactly. Which is very cool. You know, Mo, he could speak seven languages but and he, he, that's not yeah. blinking. So, but was it? But, he can't hit in any of them. But am I wrong? <laughs> I thought he was a decent hitter. I guess I have to look it up. I don't even know. I he, he wasn't, it was, I mean, listen, you know, he was, he, the intelligence you could just see by just reading his resume. Yeah, boy, oh boy, that's an understatement. Um, also, and one last thing I wanted to make sure to get to today, because you did give me a list that's, that's, uh, that's never ending. We're not going to get to everything, but I did want to touch on this one. You said to me, uh, when we had the preview of of this conversation, that there are five Jewish major league baseball hall of famers. Now I'm assuming, give me a second to say this. I'm assuming that because really the only two are Koufax and Greenberg, that you're talking about people who are not players who are in the Hall of Fame. Am I right or wrong? No, we got Al Rosen. Al Rosen. Why is he not on the list? Al Rosen. Al Rosen is there. And then last night I'm with my friend, my my, my friend Mike, and I say to him, "There's five. and all of a sudden I can't come up with a fifth. I go, "I gotta get." Well, the who's fifth the guy fourth? Here. Is there a fourth? Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna think for in a second. Rod Carew. Rod Carew, of course. How can I forget Rod? I remember when he converted to Judaism. How can I forget that he's a Hall of Famer? <laughs> By the way, you know, also converted early on. Elliot Maddox. Was, and his agent was Dave Fishoff, was Elliot Maddox. Elliot Maddox. I didn't know Fishoff was his agent. He was, of course, Elliot Maddox booked him into Camp Tagola back in the 70s. Wow. You know what? <laughs> and, like, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. And he books he books, he books Elliot Maddox. It was his first booking, and then he also he also got him Wendell Ladner. Wendell Ladner played for our beloved Nets. Of blessed he, memory, of blessed memory. Exactly. What was he, the What he, was the airline that crashed at Wendell Ladner? Oh, that's a good one. Should I tell <laughs> you? Should I tell you? Because I re- I remember where I was standing when I heard the news as a kid. It was Eastern Airlines, and the reason it crashed was a major uh, wind that swept through New York City all of a sudden on an on an afternoon. And Wendell Ladner, the New York Net at that time, New York Net uh, was well, was among those who perished that day. And, exa- and I remember the owner of Camp Tagola, Rabbi Appleman, I love to show him. He says, "What do I tell the kids? I can't they're gonna believe me. Really, the guy dies in a plane crash. Wait, wait a second. Tomorrow. He died after he was up there, or he died when he was scheduled? No, before, <gasps> before. And they had announced that he's coming. Yeah, they announced he's coming. Oh my and gosh! I remember because it was in Sackett Lake. And remember, Rabbi Appleton said, well, I'm going to tell the kids. I go, what you, forget about the kids. What are they telling his, his wife? <laughs> wow. That, but I hear that. That's devastating. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. 
Wow, next yeah, fish, next fish off interview. I have more material. This is great. You, you got it. So everybody out there, do me a favor. Email me if you know who the fifth Jew is. And Steve means real player, not just announcers and owners. He means yeah, a yeah. real Jew. I'm, I'm not going to give you Mel Allen. Right. Huh? We have Al Rosen, Rod Carew, Hank Greenberg, and Sandy Koufax. And and, he, and Steve thinks there's a fifth. By the way, you know what ended Elliot Maddox's career, or at least you know really did him in, was uh, Shea Stadium. When the Yankees played yeah, with the, yeah. the drain in Shea Stadium. They came over in 74 and 75. Right. They played, they played in Shea Stadium. Hey, can I tell you a 75 story? My, my, uh, my, la- my late brother, uh, who was such a great older brother, takes me and my younger brother to Bat Day 1975 oh. in, Shea, oh, okay. in Shea Stadium, right? And, right. and 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 of course, in 1975, there's only one bat that. Now, remember how Bat Day worked. The way Bat yes. Day worked in the old days was they had every player on a bat. In other words, there was a box of yes. uh, of this bat. There was a box of this, and and if you got the right box, you got a good player, and you you could get a bad player. So what happens? Every kid walking into that stadium wants one player, and who is it? Bobby Bonds, right? It was the one year Bobby Bonds played for the Yankees. Remember, traded for Bobby Mercer. He was traded for Bobby Mercer. So Bobby Bonds, we walk into the stadium with our friends who are also taking along as, you know, part of this whole group, and my brother's taking us, and they they are taking out uh, uh, bats from the box. They hand it to the people who we're with, and it's a Jim Mason bat. Do you remember Jim Mason? Jim Mason, I remember. <laughs> I, I mean, he was an I, awful— You got a Jim he, Mason bat. You know whose bat I got one? Wait, wait, one, sec- one second. Let me finish. So, so Jim okay. Mason bat, and 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 he's obviously. I mean, if you would rate the Yankee ball players of that era, he would be at the bottom of the list. And I'm like, oh, I'm a kid, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to get a Jim Mason bat. When it comes to me and my brother, they open up a new box, and they oh, hand, and they hand each of us a Bobby Bonds bat. Really? Po- post, <laughs> really? Postscript. You know, those, postscript. By the way, those great bats. Yeah, they were fantastic bats. Postscript to the story. And we used the bats all the time, by the way. Postscript to the – and I even took it to camp. I remember my mother writing my name on it. Postscript to the story, and I still have the bat, by the way. This is 1975. I still have it. Postscript to the story. Because of the aforementioned David Fishoff, I am at a baseball writers meeting in 1992, a dinner, baseball writers dinner, where they announced right. the, M- the MVP and this and that. And the person getting the MVP is Barry Bonds. He's up on the dais. Right. Who am I sitting next to at my table? Bobby Bonds. And Are I you and me? I oh. and I tell him and I and I tell him this story. And it was just great. It was just great. <laughs> You got you, you got Bobby Bonds' bat. Nose yep. bat I got. Don't tell me Mickey man- Mantle. Don't tell me Mickey no. Mantle. I did better. I got his legs. I got one of them. We used to call him the Mantle legs. Roger Repose. Who was that? He was one of Mantle's legs. Man, they used to, in the last inning, they used to bring in Mantle, but they used to take Mantle out of center field, and they would put in they would put in these guys who Mantle was I know and always had tough knees. And Roger Pose is one of his legs, and that's the bat I got. You know, <laughs> the one, the one bat day I went to. I don't know if I'd so rather. Great, I don't know if I'd rather. Great, would I rather have that or Jim Mason? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like that. But all I know is it was a great sight when everyone they started doing this, and everyone raised their bats. I love that. That was that was great. Seventh inning stretch. You'd raise your bat in the yeah. seventh inning stretch. Uh, who was the only Yankee to hit a home run in the 1976 World Series? 76 World Series, okay. 76 World Series, we oh. lost four straight. That oh. was the famous controversy when, when they asked Sparky Anderson, can you compare Thurman Munson to uh, Johnny John Bench? Bench? Right. 
and he says, "Don't embarrass Thurman Munson." Right. You know, yeah. Who are the only? Oh, that's a the only question. the only Yankee home run in that World Series was hit in Game Four. Who hit it? They lost four three that game. Jim Catfish started the game. He started Game was, Four. He I, he started Game Four. I don't remember that. The only yeah. home run hit in that World Series by a Yankee was by Jim Mason. Jim Mason. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that's, that funny? That's great. Isn't that funny? Uh, that is, that is, that is everything. You know, we like to say with Ralph Gold, we always say, Oftavar Kareb and Mikra. Yeah. Nothing so happens true. by accident. So yeah. true. <laughs> this is All a right. Kurdish Burkle having as, fun. As you yeah. can see, we're way over time here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but I, got, I, I got to wrap it up. Steve Adelsberg, a happy opening day to you. What is your prediction for the Manhattanites versus the Brooklynites tonight? What's your prediction? Uh, you got, I'm a Brooklyn guy now. I'm a Brooklyn guy. So you're going guy. with the Dodgers? <laughs> You're going down, yeah, and, and you can't walk in. There are no fans allowed, but you may walk by Ebbets Field tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I walk by. I do Korea. I walk by. I got to Korea. <laughs> that's a, that's how that's how significant the place Ebbets Field is to you, huh? Ebbets Field, come on! It's like you know. He, it by the way, out. folks. By the way, folks. He's kidding. I know it's a nine days. We got to be careful. He's kidding. Uh, and who do you who do you predict when the Highlanders go up against the Senators? Tonight in Washington, what is your uh, your prediction? Well, it depends. Is Jack Chesborough throwing out the first <laughs> Jack ball? Jack Chesborough. <laughs> <laughs> if he throws out the first ball, we got the Yan- we got the Yankees going. <laughs> I heard Cy Young himself may show up to the game tonight. That's what I'm told. <laughs> By the way, I'm only I, upset, remember I'm you, only upset one thing: I can't go out to the field to dream. I was just going to bring that, that up. And remember, you and I discussed this that, that about actually going out for that game that they were planning. I assume it was. Right. Pos- I assume it was postponed. I, I don't know what would happen. With I it. don't know. I heard the White Sox and the Cubs are going to be playing. Oh. Chicago, Chicago's are like three hours outside. So they're not going to. They're not going to bring the Yankees in the end. Wow. They're not bringing the not bringing the Yankees. So it's, which is you know, but hey. I got to tell you, you know, what, great, great place to visit. Yeah, Real I know you, you've been there, and I and I'm jealous. Yeah. But but what was funny was when you and I first discussed it in conversation. I realized when I look at the calendar, it's my mother's yard site, and you and I were like, you know, I don't know. There's something mystical about that making a minion, <laughs> making a minion, <laughs> yeah, a field of dreams, and going back to you know, my mother would be so thrilled for me, and at the same time, we'd be dominating <laughs> there. It would be very interesting, you know. And she'll probably and she'll pack you a mouth sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> even in, even in August, huh? Even in August. Even in August, you got to keep with tradition. Missouri counts. You got to figure. <laughs> Steve Adelsberg, enjoy your visit to Ebbets Field tonight. Nothing. I will be talking to you. I will you be bring th- light to everybody. I will be thinking you. of you. I will be thinking of you when I turn on my TV this evening, and the Senators are playing uh, the uh, the Murderers Row, the New York Yankees. Uh, when they're taking on each other in this uh, contest. By the way, you know it's funny. Now that you told me this whole story about the owner of the senator of the senators, the owner, the owner of the Nationals, I really didn't. I I I never really liked the Nationals. Like it's one of those teams that you have, that you have a slight hatred for. And then when they got Bryce Harper, you know whose whole attitude I can't take, I really started to dislike them. And now. And now, like I had to do with with Robert Kraft, I have to at least acknowledge that you know that, that, that the Patriots are you know are something, especially with what he does for our community. And, and now that you told me this news, I have to have a much more positive attitude about the Senators or the Nationals. Right. I know it's football, but I could give you one last story about Robert Kraft. Yeah. Great yeah, story. Sure. I'm in, I'm with, I'm with Rabbi Heshi Billet. We're going to Israel together. We're aligning at the control and going into Israel. And sure enough, who's sitting in front, of, in front of, who's standing in front of us online, is Myra Kraft, Allah Hashem, right. Robert Kraft's wife, right. great lady, sweet as can be, 
really the players the players wore a patch when she passed away. I she remember was that. Always concerned. And so I'm talking. I says, and I started talking. I recognized. I start talking to her, and you know, the good rabbi, Rabbi Thought goes, "Who's that?" I go, "That's Robert Kraft's wife. Right. She's going on a UJ tour. Very Zionistic. Right, really right. a supporter. Half of, of his Israel Yada, activities Yada, are because of her." Billet goes. Billet goes to the Mrs. Kraft and goes, "So Mrs. Kraft, you're talking to a Jet fan." He looks at me in the middle of the conversation. She turns around and stops talking to me. I say, Mrs. Kraft, I have to tell you, I respect that. I would do the same thing <laughs> if, what you could, you were, if you were a patriot, an ordinary patriot fan. But I respect that. She turns around, she smiles, and I'm saying, what do you think? You think Billet's so good here? He's a giant fan. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think? You're in friendly country here? I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, I, I got to thank listener David. Here's what he claims. Number one, he claims Al Rosen is not in the Hall of Fame. That's number one. Not? That's what he claims. MVP, I got checked that out. Trust, right. trust, right. trust, trust me, Steve, this conversation is going to go on forever. Don't worry. We, we, have pl- mm. we have plenty of addendums coming up to this conversation. The other mm. thing he says is, do you know that Lou Boudreau's mother was Jewish? Yeah, Lou Boudreau's was who? And who was his son-in-law? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Last play to win 30 games. <sighs> Lou Boudreau's son-in-law was Denny McLean. Denny McLean. Denny yeah. McLean, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And who is Bobby? Who's Bobby? Who's Bobby? Who's Bobby Valentine's uh, father-in-law? Bobby Thompson? Maybe Bobby Thompson. I think. Ooh. Oh no, Ralph Franca. <laughs> Ralph Franca. Ralph, I think. Ralph Franca went to Mount Vernon High School with my mother. <laughs> I look into her yearbook and I'm saying, "Ma, you know Ralph Franca? He signed your yearbook." It goes, "Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, what about him?" Come on, this is Ralph Franklin. This is a Brooklyn Dodger. She actually right. had a signature in the yearbook from him? And this his his Ralph Franklin signature, and he had a brother, John, also on the baseball team, John Franklin. They were from Mount Vernon. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> there was somebody else I read about in, in um, the high school that Hank Greenberg went to. Who was it that they said, hang on a second, who did I have there on that? There was someone else who went to that high school that... Uh, that's, now this is going to drive me nuts, frankly. Give me, yeah. give me a second. Hang on. Give me a second. Yeah. So, Bobby Valentine's father-in-law is Ralph Branca. That's number one. And then we oh, said God. Hank Greenberg High School. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. I know you're waiting for Charlie Harari, everybody. We're going to get to Charlie in a minute. There's no... Charlie's there, my boy. Hey, there, hey Charlie, Charlie's listening to this. There is no... Good, oh, that's true. He'd, appre- he'd appreciate this conversation. There, There is no... Um, um, uh, Michael Fragan is not presenting spin class today, so don't worry. You'll hear Charlie in his entirety. Um, so where am I here? James Monroe High School. James Monroe High School. In the Bronx. In the Bronx. I'm trying to see. What was the uh, – oh, our thing was that uh, – who did we say again? Who did we say? No, who did we say, who did we say went there? Oh, Ed Crapel, right, Ed Crapel, okay. Hey. Ed Cranepool. <laughs> Ed Cranepool. We, yeah, we used to we used to give the sports report in Camp Massad. You had to do it in Hebrew, and it was Ed Cranepool back then. So we used to call him we used to call him Chaim. I don't know why Chaim, but Chaim Manof Brecha. Oh, Crane Crane Pool. Oh my gosh, Manof Brecha. We used to call him. It's pretty funny, actually. You know he. Uh, you you know my friend you know, my friend you know you know all of our our friend 
uh, a Ding of Sookie and Ding, you know, Ding Golding. Yes. So his father worked with Ed Cranepool for many, many years at the desk next to each other. Um, you know, whatever, broker? whatever brokerage firm they were in, yeah, they, yeah, he was yeah. very, very yeah. close with Ding's father. He was very close with. Right, him. I believe it was that brokerage firm that was Edwards and Hanley. Huh. How do you know that? Ed- How do you know that? That's great. It's like you know, as my, as my father would say to you, and he said to me all the time, "If you only knew your Gamora the way you know your sport." <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's very true. So now my client said to me, if you only know your taxes the way you know your sports, that would be better. <laughs> uh, that, that, so that's, that's what they say nowadays, huh? Uh, yeah. Ed Cranepool, Marvin Miller went to Monroe. Oh, Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Miller. Marvin Miller, he, he, every baseball player should be should be should be celebrating that's or remembering Marvin Miller on his yard site. That's an understatement. Uh, so he, a, he went right. to and Monroe. Never, they, the owners despised him because, but meanwhile, he, he put he gave him a living. Yeah. And by, and by the way, and by, and by the way, really every athlete in every sport, because of the makeup, right. because of the nature of different sports, there's only a limit to how much progress the players can make. But only whatever progress they have made in all of the major sports is because of him and what he did with baseball. Right. So, all right, right, Steve, uh, Steve, happy opening day. You got it, my friend. Make, All the best. Make some well, pop. No hot dogs. Healthy. No hot safe. dogs tonight. You cannot watch the NBA uh, with a hot dog. But can't you can't watch the hot dog. The first hot dog I remember. I'll keep you on all day. The first game was Yankee Philadelphia in Yankee Stadium when they first started to sell, sell kosher hot dogs. The Adelsburg boys, David, Sammy, Avi, Sarita, my daughter, didn't make it. We went to eat hot dogs. We had 40 hot dogs that night. <laughs> we went crazy. Which, stadi- which stadium was that in? Yankee Stadium. Oh, in Yankee it Stadium. Game. It was an interleague game, Yankees versus the Phillies. What year was that, like 1998? So, something, because it was, it, was, it was the first year um, that they had interleague play. Oh, so 97. 97 was the first yeah. year of interleague play. I was right. at, I'm was. i sure you were there as well. I was at the first Yankee-Met game. Oh, that, that was like, you know, hey, <laughs> it was, that, you had to be there. You know what I mean? It, but that, that, was a, that was a terrible game for the Yankees. They got yeah, shut out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, nothing. You have a great day. What's the menu tonight? Popcorn. What will it be when you watch opening day? Will it be popcorn? Will it be? Uh, uh, oh, probably my. my uh, probably my wife yelling. Did you take out the garbage yet? <laughs> that, that's what's on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be on the menu. Take out the garbage yet? <laughs> uh, maybe some popcorn, a tall soda, a tall drink. Maybe yeah, you think you gotta have a drink. Yeah, you drink, and it's like, hey. It's just sitting there and just saying it's baseball, and I could be a boy once again. After the after they score their second run tonight, will you be texting me about how amazing the Yankees are this year? Will, will, you, will you start as early as tonight or not? Oh yeah, we got this. Is it? We got to start early. Listen, okay, you know, Steve. It won't be the same, but we're back. We'll oh, take it. I hope you have reception in Sackett Lake. Do you have the rabbit ears on the TV? Do you have reception up there in the Catskills? I no, hope. I have it from I have it from I used to watch the Giant football. Oh, okay, good. On Channel three on Channel three from Hartford, Connecticut. Right. It was a blackout. Just making sure. Because you I, had all the snow on your TV. You right, know? So we, we, I, I remember I remember when we were in the bungalow colony in the 70s, we tried our hardest to, to get Yankee reception. It was very difficult. Oh, be, be careful. To, Steve, if you need updates, just text me. I'll let you know what the scores are <laughs> if you're having trouble with the television. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. I, by the way, I have to say one thing before we go. Yeah. Is there's, one, there's one guy who would run the phone today with us. and he, he, he had a, We had a lot of fun with him. He's, showing, he's a summer chandelier. I got a, a good friend, Chaim Lobo. 
Silva, Silver. It was like, you know, we would have had a lot of fun. Big Steve, Yankee, you know, big Yankee fan. Steve, he would have loved this conversation. He would have loved right. it. And right. boy, do we mi- and we miss Lobo every single day. Every <laughs> single day. I think we should have a, we should have just a, a broadcast just on Lobo stories. By the way, then- <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. There obviously, as you can imagine, he had so many appearances on this show that we I mean, we have so many of them archived. When he when he did the March appearances, it was usually about our fundraisers supporting us, etc. But when he did the appearances in August and September, it was usually a pre-Rosh Hashanah message about Chesed being doing things for people. Kind of, and I said to myself just the other day, it's funny you mentioned this. I said to myself the other day, I should dig out one of those archives from this time of year and play it and let people hear the message that he gave about what we need to do to support people who are in need. Uh, and right. and you know how good he was at that. He was he was like yes. he didn't just talk the talk on that. He walked the walk yeah. on that. So and, he, and you know he wanted to do one thing in the OBBL. We played when Sackett Lake played played uh, Julian's golden a golden passion whatever the logos were that year. Yeah. When we played him, he wanted to do one thing. He wanted to be the umpire. He wanted <laughs> to be the umpire. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. You've already started the stories about Lobo segments. <laughs> <laughs> He had to be the empire. He's the and greatest. I'll leave you. I'll leave you one one great story. He was the empire. I've told the story in the past that Lobo, of course, made this bad call, and, they, and his and his guys wanted to kill him. Oh yes. The next, so the next year we're playing the game, and everyone says Lobo's not umping. No Lobo. Okay, they got a guy, a good guy, a Erich guy, guy named from the younger of Fabish. I'm sure your listeners know him, Moshe I Sasha. Great yeah. guy. I know he's Moshe. The yeah. Right, he's the guy. He comes out right. the first batter. Now, remember the first batter. He calls ball four. We have a thirty-minute argument. <laughs> and a thirty. This is before they decide to go for twenty bucks and hire and hire umpire. Right. <laughs> thirty-minute argument, and all of a sudden, Harvey Dax. He's gonna probably call me. Goes, you know, how do you remember this? Harvey Dax has his whole argument. Goes, I just want to say, I know Moshe Sasha. He's the ball feeler. In Younger's Little Foppish, and I believe he could be trusted. <laughs> that was the conclusion? <laughs> that was the conclusion. I look at him and go, that really makes me feel good. Okay, we can play baseball, guys. I love it. <laughs> Steve, thank you. All the best, my friend. All the Steve best. Steve Adelsberg, everybody. Tonight's opening day. And we found a way, even during the nine days, to commemorate it. Achenu Israel and Achim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.